Welcome to The Conversation. I'm Heil Russell. And I'm Cameron Regal. Oh, my God, Cameron, the news, it just keeps coming. Uh, I, you know, I thought after E3 was a, a relative bust for our little community. You know, sans the, the weird Sea of Thieves crossover with Disney, we didn't really have much coming out of E3, and it kind of deflated everyone. And then we hit the autumn... <laughs> and, and everything's just gone completely I, kablooey. I, I, I don't understand. We we haven't had a Donkey Kong game in several years. Rare hasn't released a new game since 2018. How do we have this much news all the damn time? Mm, yeah, I mean, we're never hurting here on The Conversation for topics to discuss. We wouldn't be nearing our 400th episode if we did, I mean, we, we're, we're a tenacious bunch here at DK Vine. We know how to, to make conversation, conversation out of anything. But it's funny because, you know, occasionally I would like to throw in one of those like nostalgic episodes or those fun little silly episodes. But no, it's just been news, news, news. In fact, originally this episode was going to be a reflection on Super Smash Brothers Ultimate's ending, the ending of the, the content cycle for it, uh, with our friend Mitchell Wolf. I, I was going to sit down with him and we were just going to like talk about what a journey Super Smash Brothers Ultimate has been. And then we got new pieces of merchandise that I thought was more paramount to discuss, especially considering. You know, anybody out there can discuss Smash, but I feel like DK Vine in particular is suited to discuss this topic. This is the topic we were actually made for. <laughs> so it's like, okay, we'll bump the Smash episode because there's real no time limit on that. We, we can reminisce about that whenever. But that's all I've been doing lately, just bumping episodes, bump, 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 because we have more pressing news to discuss. And I'm not complaining, but when I said it was going to be a giant decade for Donkey Kong fans and for fans of the DKU, I thought we would have a little bit more time to prepare for it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But there's also a little bit of other news in addition to this new merchandise that we're going to discuss on on this episode. And I figure we get this out of the way early because this is not really something that, that will take up much time. Nintendo announced the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack with the C, which I hate. I hate that it has a C camera. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be clear, it's a C in the place where a C would normally be in the word pack. Um, yes, it's it's not it's not a C minus the K. It's it's C K. But it's it, it's weird. I like I usually associate like the '90s with like okay, you use like K instead of C, like Mario Kart, or you put a Z at the end of stuff instead of an S removing a a C to make a hard K at the end of the word. I I feel like it wasn't even on my radar that Nintendo was doing that back then. Yeah. And now it's just weird to not see it. It is, especially because it is so intertwined, uh, entwined with the N64 and Nintendo and Donkey Kong in particular, of course, but 
that's mostly down to the memes. But yeah, so maybe maybe they wanted to get away from the memes <laughs> because the memes are so phallic related. Oh, also, they haven't announced DK64 for it yet. I mean, that's they, well, they do have Majora's Mask, so that's yeah. there. Yeah, but uh, Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack is coming October 25th. That's next week. And will cost forty nine ninety nine a year for an individual membership, or seventy nine ninety nine a year for the family plan. Which we on DK Vine uh, get a little insider information here on how we uh, parse out our finances. We here at DK Vine are on the family plan. <laughs> the staff uh, for mods were on the family plan together. It's really lovely, uh, but. Uh, that, that's a jump. Uh, the individual membership for just the regular Nintendo Switch Online is $19.99. This is U.S. currency, by the way. Uh, and the family plan up until now was $34.99. So it, it's jumping $30 for the individual plan and like $45 for the family plan. It's a, it's a pretty hefty jump. And uh, I mean, the, the additional features you're getting are um, the N64 um, library that they have on Nintendo Switch Online, the Genesis library, and also um, a normally paid DLC for Animal Crossing. Um, I I think I would hope that um, in the future they're going to do that with more games than just Animal Crossing. I kind of assume that's why they set this price point the way they did. But um, I know there's been a lot of fervor about this online um, because it, well, it is a, it is a sizable jump. Speaking of fervor, we have a call. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and play that? And then we'll, we'll, I, I, I don't have much to say about this to be honest, but I, I wanted to have one of our listeners, uh, the time and the platform to, to voice their mind. So let's, let's hear what they have to say. Hey, Heil. What's going on, man? This is uh, Bullcraft Max, long-time listener. Uh, I called a while ago, back when Banjo-Kazooie was first announced in Smash. But I got to know, what is going on with these Nintendo Switch online pricing? I think the price point is extremely high. I want to play Banjo on the Switch, though, and play it back on the Nintendo console. But, boy, that price is high, and, and over 150% increase is really crazy. So... I need to know what you guys think about this. Love the show. Keep up the good guy, good work, guys. And yeah, looking forward to the next episode. Thanks, guys. Well, thank you for the call, Bullcraft Max. And yeah, the the price is high. It, it's a significant jump. Uh, it, it's it's a staggering jump. Uh, I I don't know. It, it it seems comparable to like the the plans, like for example, uh, Xbox. Um, I, I just don't, I, it, it's hard for me to really get upset about any of this, uh, quite frankly. Like, I, I'm, I'm never one to be like, oh, Nintendo sells $60 games. They're selling a $60 game that was on the Wii U. I, I don't know why. Like, it's not like I made a money. I am most decidedly not. By the way, DK Vine's on Patreon, by the way. DKVine.com <laughs> forward slash Patreon. Uh, no, I mean, I have to work gig jobs to make ends meet, especially in light of the pandemic. I am running myself ragged. 
Uh, I am not even sure if I'm going to be alive to see 40 because I feel like I'm halfway in the grave already. So, I'm not made of money. I don't know why this doesn't bother me more. I, I think it's because if there is something... I, I've always been this way. If there's something I'm really passionate about and it, it's not something that's completely out of my price, like buying an arcade cabinet for the, the Mario Kart arcade games. Um, <laughs> if it's, if it's within a like, doable destination monetarily wise, I am willing to pay for it. A good example is there's first four figure statues, uh, of, you know, Banjo and Kazooie and Conker and now Mumbo and Crocodile Banjo completely ludicrously expensive but they've got decent pricing plans you you can make monthly payments and you know it just requires me to give up something else and for me my passions are the donkey kong universe rare platonic that that whole uh, like subgenre upon a subgenre of gaming and then you know after that's like the beatles and then after that it's just stuff i don't care as much about so I'm always going to shell out for the DKU. And and so I guess that's why it doesn't really bother me. I can see why if you're a more well-rounded gamer who who actually like buys everything, uh that that would be troublesome, but for me, I'm just buying DKU games quite honestly. So <laughs> so um I do pinch my pennies a little bit tighter than you, I think, because I'm the only um, statue I have is the uh, ukulele statue, which was significantly <laughs> cheaper than all of the first for figure statues, even accounting for the fact that I had to buy it from an overseas seller in the Philippines. Oh, I, bu- I, I actually did went buy on that. that. <laughs> I actually did buy that statue camera. The problem is I never got that. <laughs> oh, I did, too. I uh, <laughs> it, it was a th- water under the bridge. I have it. Um, but, um, it's, in this case, it's, it's hard for me to get upset about this, and it's not, it's partly circumstantial, which, and those circumstances are that I am on the family plan, and I kind of feel like the, the quiet part not being said loud is I kind of feel like the pricing is based around, like, Nintendo knowing that, like, realizing that they made a hyper-forgiving and lenient family plan, which is is to say it can, it just has to be a group of up to eight. They can be anywhere in worldwide. Like, they don't have to be, like, local to you. They don't have to share your address. Um, Because family is what you you make of it, Cameron. Family is what you make. Don't make me break out the Fast and the Furious memes. Yeah, that, that that would be apt considering what this is all leading to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but just a matter of if you can assemble a group of like eight people you trust to pull their money and pay this, the difference is like $50 for one person. I would say if you are, let's say you don't, let's say you don't care about Animal Crossing DLC, you you're the kind of person who like could take or leave the Genesis games. You like only want Banjo Kazooie or like to play Mario Kart 64 online. Fifty dollars is probably probably a bit steep for that. Um, but for for one person, 
but in a family plan divided it that uh, essentially $80 price tag divided into eight, you know, $10 a year to play a huge library of N64 games and all that. Like, yeah, that seems perfectly reasonable to me. Um, and yeah. it's still not really at, at the price point, I would say, that like Sony and Microsoft's services are. I mean, it's it's hard for me to say because I'm starting to lose track of their price points because of the various permutations of Game Pass, Game Pass Ultimate, PS Now, PS. Uh, eh. Yeah, Just, no, I, I I get it. Yeah, I, all I know is the money comes out of my account. <laughs> so I'm like, and but, I can uh, still ac- I can access the things I want to access. So, but yeah, this is this is just a a PSA. Like, just if oh, if the price bothers called? you, but you still want to, you still want these online games, but the price is really going to hurt you. I like try try to assemble a family plan, get on somebody else's. I know that isn't going to be possible for everyone, and not everyone can probably put together a group of eight but any 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 amount of people you can put together helps right to pare so that I'm- down and i think like nintendo in the interest of their marketing can't just come out and say that but just that's what i would recommend the problem is if you have a group of 10 so in the in those awkward circumstances and you want to keep it to a group of eight i would recommend not running over the frog and not completing the time trials. You can you can turn them off in the cheat menu, right? <laughs> I, why would I want to in, in that circumstance? Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks for the call, bullcrap. Like I said, like for me, banjo playing banjo on my Switch that's worth it. Like I I I would spend fifty dollars a year by my lonesome for that privilege. But I'm a freak. And I fully recognize that I am the most hardcore of the most hardcore. So I, I am not in a place to like dispense wisdom when it comes to this kind of stuff. <laughs> I would also say like t- $10 a year to play a big library of N64 games still feels a little bit better than, uh, say, paying out like uh two to seven dollars every time donkey kong the donkey kong country gets released on a new system yeah i it's it's not perfect and i still have issues with the way nintendo does things uh as far as like game preservation goes of course but i i think it's um it's fine (laughs) i'm i'm not gonna lose any sleep over the pricing to just i just have to remember to uh chip in my portion of the family plan next week <laughs> can't forget or else i'll be excommunicated so uh, uh thanks for the call bull yeah, we're crap. gonna turn the heil cheat off <laughs> uh really quick hello to our friend josh wallen the geek critique in the live stream chat right now ray day pinball also a friend is <laughs> in there as well hello uh thanks for joining us uh we'll be checking in with the live stream as we go that is a privilege by the way of the dk vine patreon five dollars and up that's our pricing plan gets you in you can listen to most conversation episodes live as we record them and interact with us uh, steer us in the right direction that you want to see us go in. That's a, that's a racing game joke there, Cameron. 
And also a special hello to all of our new listeners on Spotify. If you found us in recent weeks on Spotify, hello. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around. And uh, don't forget to check out our proper site, dkvine.com. We have the big news stories on everything related to the Donkey Kong universe, rare, platonic, everything that kind of spins out of Donkey Kong Country onward. Uh, We cover it. We obsess about it, uh, sometimes to an unhealthy degree, but we are the pound-for-pound most dedicated fan site, uh, news site, lifestyle brand for these games, if you're a fan of any of them. And uh, for more proof on that, follow us on social media, DK Vine. We're on Twitter and Facebook. I run those, update those every day. Uh, Joe Mudd, site staffer, runs our Instagram page. So check it out. All right. Cameron, you were on an episode earlier this year where we just talked about a new Diddy Kong render. That was actually an old Diddy Kong render that just had new fur on it. And at the time, it seemed like the smallest thing to base an episode around. On this episode of The Conversation, we're discussing two pins that are for sale. <laughs> so, what, what is the smaller thing? You decide, but... Uh, well, fi- I don't know. Um, the pins are physically small, but also a render is immaterial. So... <laughs> Right, I, it, it's it's hard to compare the two. Maybe if that render was sold as an NFT, there would be some sort of monetary comparison we could make. But 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 there isn't. It's it's free for everyone. So. Well, I mean, then I could just right click it and save as. So shh, shh. <laughs> you're not supposed to know. That. <laughs> anyway, uh, sorry to keep you on pins and needles for the actual topic of this episode, everyone. We'll remove the needles, but the pins are, uh, the pins are gonna stay in. Ah, it's another joke. I'm full of them today. So last Tuesday, fan gamer, you know, we're big fan gamer f- fans, uh, here at DK Vine. I mean, we, we, I have been shopping at fan gamer since before they were like the huge entity they are today. Back when they were making just merchandise inspired by games rather than actually making official tie-in merch for all of these studios. And so to see their evolution has been pretty staggering. But I mean, I, I wore out my Simeon sidekick shirt <laughs> that they, that they sold like uh, back in was it 2014. I wore that out. I had, I had several versions of it. And I think it was just a few years ago that I finally had to just retire them because they were so faded and stretched. And, and it, was, it, it was a design that was made to look pre-worn to begin with. Right, right. So eventually I just couldn't justify it. Uh, it's still at the bottom of my shelf, uh, bottom of my uh, my drawer, because I can't like part with it but it's my absolute favorite shirt of all time if they ever brought it back in any way i would absolutely yeah. buy it in a heartbeat but I, uh, I i know both of us had followed fan gamer from their like earlier days and they've kind of exploded exponentially it throughout like over the course of this decade and uh f- for completely justified reasons they 
they put out quality products. Um, I, I'm not doing an ad, by the way. This is legit how I feel about them. Um, they put out quality products. You can tell they they like consider like where they're getting their shirts from and their manufacturing. And they hire very talented designers and artists to put all this stuff together for them. Um, yes. And like they, the, they've earned their level of success for sure. The artists are clearly fans of the properties too. Like, I feel like that's, that's important. So you get, you get that love conveyed uh, from the beginning of the production until it arrives in your mailbox. And yeah, so I, I've got a ton of fan gamer shirts, but uh, as of late, I've got more, fan gamer stuff than shirts i've got their plushes because they've got all of those rare plushes right we finally got like a a new banjo kazooie plush we've got the talking conquer plush with chris siever's voice you you squeeze him and he uh he says things to you Uh, we've got the ukulele plush we've got the jinjos and they just announced the gingenator and I brought this up in my news article in DK Line about this, but how weird is it, Cameron, that in a week where a toy, essentially, for the Gingenator is announced, that barely registers on our news radar or hype meter. Like, we, we are so spoiled at the moment, and I don't know if everyone realizes how spoiled our fandom is getting it, compared to where we were. <laughs> I just want to point out one thing that like still staggers me about that Gingenator plush. That Gingenator plush exists by popular demand <laughs> because they they made regular Jinjo plushes, and as like a a little joke, they um, made up one of them to look like the Gingenator to like pose a photo. And I would guess that the I would guess they got response to that photo of that looks awesome. Where can I buy the Gingenator? Yeah. Yeah. And, and because, the Gingenator, of course, is but just, just by popular demand, the Gingenator. The Gingenator, of course, a popularly demanded character is is a popular demanded character, though, by virtue also of appearing in Smash uh, in Banjo and Kazooie's final Smash. So like Smash, the Kingmaker has kind of given the Ginginator of all things, this exalted status that honestly, the Ginginator was this, this obscure thing that only like pe- weirdos at DK Vine, uh, our friend Jeff Perez, you know, a big shot in the rare fan community. He, I mean, he, he's the biggest Ginginator fan I know, but it's, it's that kind of level. It's just like us. And I'm our so friends. happy on Jeff's behalf. Yeah. Yeah. That this so, happened. You know, it, it's one of those characters. It would be like an evil acorn plush or a Ted the Boat Builder plush. <laughs> and and uh, honestly, I'm not I'm not turning up my nose at either one of those because I think anything's on the table at this point. Yeah, but. it's I'm I am thrilled this happened. It's just when I take a step back, like even three years ago, this would have been ridiculous. But again, the Gingenator barely registers because we. Like we're we're kind of desensitized to certain things, and and it's so funny to look at the trajectory we've been on uh, as as a fandom, either you know rare or or Donkey Kong over the last couple of years. But you know, K. Rule coming back, uh, Banjo Kazooie getting into Smash, uh, all this merchandise, 
and, and now it's just kind of like, oh yeah, Ginginator plush. That's cool. But did you see this? <laughs> and, <laughs> and it's, it's almost, it reminds me just a bit of a drug addict in search of a bigger high. And, and, and we're kind of like addicts in search of the bigger, more obscure pool or, or the bigger deal for our fandom. And so it's going to get to the point where the only thing that will do it for us is a Ted the Boat Builder uh, pin or a plush or something, you know, because all of this stuff that has kind of fallen into the obscure or the forgotten is kind of coming back and it's kind of being built back up. And I was just lamenting with the aforementioned Josh Wallen, the geek critique on the last episode of the conversation, how it felt like the most significant part of my childhood, those defining years from adolescence into the te- my, my teenage years into adulthood have kind of been wiped from the collective memory banks by things like the rare buyout and things like Diddy Kong racing sort of existing in this purgatory. Uh, they, they get brought up from time to time, but they're never really brought up because of, of the issues surrounding them. And so, you know, looking back at like Nintendo's website from the late nineties, early aughts, like 1999 and 2000. And I just see how all of this stuff that DK Vine is sort of built on, our community is built on, all of this stuff was so prevalent. And now it's just not. And it made me sad, right? It brought me down a little bit. Not because, oh, they ruined my childhood. My child, no, my childhood still existed. I still have memories of it and I still celebrate it with our website. But, you know, it, it does kind of put you in a weird spot because it's not like fans of other properties have this issue so much right like ocarina of time fans never have to worry about that game being forgotten about because of rights issues so anyway this game that we're that we're kind of tiptoeing around diddy kong racing is 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 like the game that i i really feel more than any other our website is built on yes we might celebrate donkey kong country 2 a bit more, or Banjo Kazooie a bit more. Uh, I I like Grab by the Ghoulies better than Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, but all that being said, I don't think there's a game that has more significance or sentimental value to us and what we represent. Right? This this wild shared universe of Donkey Kong and rare characters. That was what Diddy Kong Racing gave us. And, I mean, Diddy Kong Racing was sort of this this touchstone for DK Vine. And just people who wrote into Rare's website back in the day. um, Because it introduced us to Banjo. It introduced us to Conker. It introduced us to Tip Top. It introduced us to Tricky. All characters who were later expanded on in later Rare games. And, of course, you know, other things like it it was Diddy's first true game by himself 
uh, separate from any other Kongs. It gave us the character Crunch, you know, the, the Kremlin who turned good. And then Crunch would inspire the look of the critters in Donkey Kong 64. I mean, so much spun out of Diddy Kong Racing. And it kind of became this parlor game uh, that we would play like, okay, so what would a Pipsy game look like? Right? What would a bumper game look like? What would a drumstick game look like? And, and so, I mean, that was something rare fans did in the late nineties is daydream what games and genres you could do with other Diddy Kong racing characters. Like, let's just, let's just imagine that this is a well of perpetual ideas for games. Let's keep building this shared universe. Let's go crazy with it. And I don't need to belabor any points about how the dreams that Diddy Kong Racing gave us quickly fell by the wayside. Not even with spin-offs, but sequels. <laughs> you've, you've brought up so many times how the very notion of a Diddy Kong Racing sequel is cursed. And that is true. Whether it be an actual Diddy Kong Racing sequel or just this spiritual successor... Especially, especially if it involves Timber the Tiger. Just yeah, t- Timber himself is a whole other level of curse. Considering that, as you know, we all know from the development history, the well documented development history, Diddy Kong Racing started life as Pro Am sixty four, which was starring Timber the Tiger. When Diddy became the star of it, Timber was bumped to like the the second character, second most important character. And then, you know, Timber was also going to be the star of Dinosaur Planet or what became Dinosaur Planet, which, of course, is what became Star Fox Adventures. Timber was bumped for Saber, who was bumped for Fox. So he was like extra buried in that game. But (laughs) yeah, poor, poor Timber, man. Uh, Timber is one of those characters that I think a lot of fans from that era have a lot of affection for. Timber, I mean, he, he's just like a, a tiger in a baseball cap, but there's just something about him. There's just something about him. I don't know if it's in the design or uh, this, the Stamper Child's portrayal of Timber, but there's just something endearing about the little fella, and, and you can't help but love him. Uh, and and so we we've we've like like I said belabored the lack of Diddy Kong racing. It, it it has been sort of this constant source of depressing discussion for the last couple of years here on the conversation. Jeff and I did an episode about it last season called the forgotten Diddy Kong racing. And it's, it's come up quite a bit this season as well. And so that's what made this merchandise this week. I think the biggest, most shocking thing of the year. Because I, I want to be upfront about something too. Like, I know a lot of people think I'm so like plugged in, right? Like I, I have, I have contacts everywhere. Uh, I, I know everything that's coming and I had no idea. I had no idea this was coming. And, and I, I'm, I'm not like, I'm usually pretty upfront when I know things, or at least I, I'm boyishly coy about it, right? And this blew me away. I, I did not see this coming. Uh, it, I, I didn't hear it coming. 
Uh, I didn't hear, <laughs> you know, it, w- whatever, uh, meme or reference you want to put into this, I, it just, it, it was the most shocked I've been probably since K. Rool was revealed. <laughs> and- yeah, it, it also like came shockingly under the radar. Like I, I didn't know about this, but I am usually like, I would say fairly plugged in whenever like, fan gamer launches a new product or um like anything like rare slash nintendo adjacent um breaks just because of the nature of like my community circles and like the mailing lists i'm signed up to yeah this um there's somebody just like slid this to me in an image and it kind of broke my brain that i was learning about it like the way that I used to learn about this kind of stuff. Yeah, I just, just talked with Josh about how I was so sick of Nintendo Directs, or maybe I, I was with Malik, or Malik and Josh. I just talked about this with both, I think, where I was sick of the, like, get hyped for the hype for the hype. Here's a trailer for a trailer for a trailer. And I was like, oh, I just missed the days when I just logged onto a website, and there the, there the news was, and it completely surprised me. And that's what this was. Like, there, there is no, tr- I mean, granted, for, for the level of merchandise this is, you know, you're not going to get a trailer like this, but this was so under the radar that I had to question whether it was real or not until I got to the website and saw it for myself. And yeah, they are two new pieces of merchandise, two pins that, uh, they're timber. And Banjo, Sans Kazooie, in carts <laughs> with balloons. Uh, each pin comes with a balloon pin representing the weapons balloons one might find in this particular property. <laughs> <It just laughs> uh, this, this is a huge deal. This, this is a huge deal because when Rare really opened up the spigot, for merchandise around 2015 it was around the time rare replay got off the ground that's when they really started branching out with merchandise and and kind of giving us the kind of gear that we as fans have been starved for for decades i mean decades even at the the height of the 90s and the rare wear era we weren't getting that much in the way of merchandise, right? Like there, there was a Banjo Kazooie plush. Uh, there was a Mumbo Jumbo plush you get for reserving Banjo Kazooie at Toys R Us. Um, we had like a, like again, again. I think this might speak to again Diddy Kong Racing's curse a little bit. We had this kind of odd, like, like Mount Everest. Um, style spike in the in the graph when uh, Toy Site or Toy Biz released uh, Diddy Kong Racing and Donkey Kong sixty four and Toy Line. Okay, so so Toy Biz, uh, who I believe then owned Marvel Comics, to show you how far we've come from that era when when Marvel was bought by a toy company when they were like such a non entity. 
Um, Toy Biz released the Mario Kart 64 and Diddy Kong Racing line. And in Toy Biz's Diddy Kong Racing line, we had Diddy in a plane, we had Banjo in a cart, and we had Whizpig on his missile. And then uh, Toy Sight, they were the ones who released the Donkey Kong line of toys, which uh, were Donkey Kong, a couple different Donkey Kongs. Uh, One of them came packaged with a Kitty Kong, of all things. Uh, Funky Kong, Cranky Kong, and Diddy Kong. And there was going to be a second wave with the DK64 Kongs, and I believe a Crash uh, from from Donkey Kong Country in the minecart, and they uh, were going to release a, a like dedicated banjo and kazooie as part of their um, greater like Nintendo line. Yeah, yeah, and none of that stuff got off the ground. Uh, right, and there's 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 no second wave of Diddy Kong racing figures either. I just think this, they did uh, a, just this supernova of activity, and then a dead star. Yeah, I think there was going to be a second... I think there was a second wave of Mario Kart 64, because I remember seeing, like, well, the Wario figure uh, circulating online. But um, in the first wave, there was the Donkey Kong Mario Kart 64, you know, in his pipe frame yellow cart with the trail of bananas. Uh, and so it, it was, like, the late 90s. All of a sudden, we had all of these Donkey Kong action figures, and we did have a couple options in the plushes. And it was just like, yeah... Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong Racing, Banjo, and then, you're right, nothing. You know, as I'm fond of pointing out, because it's just ridiculous, it's ridiculous every time I say it, uh, Wizpig got an action figure before K. Rule, um, from the games anyway, like the K- TV show K. Rule got a, got an action figure. Wizpig got an action figure before Dixie Kong. And Dixie Kong still has not. Dixie got Kong any still prop- doesn't have like yeah. an articulated action figure. No, she she's got the small little ones uh, from from a, two different lines. But yeah, Dix, Dixie does not have an actual action figure. Uh, and and yeah, it's just kind of crazy that a Whizpig of all characters got one. And that's why Whizpig is one of my most cherished possessions. Uh, yeah, e- <laughs> even if like. Diddy Kong Racing's history didn't end up panning out so strange in its later years. That would still be a weird blip. Yeah. Of getting Wiz Pig so prominently merchandised before anybody else. Yeah, my my band I have the banjo action figure without Kazooie. And like so for like you know, whenever I was like I'm like displaying these figures for social media or, or for whatever I'm doing with DK Vine. It's always weird that yeah, Kazooie's just not there. <laughs> just Banjo. Yeah, just, this was an era where you could get a dedicated Banjo action figure and Kazooie who? Yeah, which I sort of love because it is a reference to Diddy Kong Racing, which is this very meaningful game. But yeah, I mean, uh, a timber pin and a Banjo pin and... So I, I like, you know, those, those moments when you get a piece of news, be it good or bad, but it just feels like the entire world around you slows down into like matrix bullet time. And that, that is the feeling when I saw this timber pin. I, cause I, I just, I just couldn't understand exactly what I was seeing. Like, is this real? It, am I dreaming or am I just completely misinterpreting something? <laughs> Uh, so this line, right? The, 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 these new pieces of fan gamer merchandise, uh, 
They are under a a brand th- that uh Fangamer is calling because the, the the actual full title seems to be Fangamer Presents Rare Racers. Uh Rare Racers all one word, capital R, capital R. And uh you know, so so of course because this is what I've always done, Cameron, and I know you're similar. When I was a kid, I would pour over every inch of my game boxes, my instruction manuals. I would read the fine print because I felt like every word was sacred for this amazing property that I was in love with, that, that spoke to me like no other piece of fiction did. And, and so I found myself doing the exact same thing when it came to these pins. The very first thing I had to do was click the images to see the reverse side of the pins. <laughs> right. And I, I wanted to read the copyright information, uh, even though I was pretty certain what it was, you know, because again, I read the box art. I, I read the, uh, the fine print. I read, uh, copyright information. Some kids traded in Pokemon cards. I traded in weird trivia. Like, did you know, according to the Donkey Kong 64 Player's Guide, Rare actually owned the rights to Trough and Scoff. And 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 I didn't have any friends then. But <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I loved, right? Like, it just... It was fascinating to me, especially because... And I've told this story before on the conversation, but it bears repeating. Uh, not birds repeating because Kazooie isn't here. When, the day I found out about Diddy Kong Racing, it was in the back of the October 1997 Nintendo Power. Uh, it, cause it was a very late announcement. As we all know the history there, Banjo Kazooie got delayed. Nintendo needed a replacement holiday title. Rare had this game basically almost ready to go. I mean, it was basically in a finished state. I, and that's how it became Diddy Kong racing. We'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, they, they announced it very late. It was like, here you go. Diddy Kong racing's coming. It's going to be the big holiday title. We're previewing it in the back of Nintendo power. And so reading this article and finding out that rare was publishing Diddy Kong racing and that, you know, it, it was introducing Banjo and, and Conquer and, and all of this. It was just, it was just one of the most incredible days in my young fandom because it was like all of a sudden, you know, I, I was viewing this world of Donkey Kong Country through this small little hole. And all of a sudden, then somebody points out that there's a window over here. And, and so my view was expanded, Cameron, and I could see everything. Banjo was part of it. Conquer was part of it. And I, I remember having this discussion with my, my friend Elliot, right? Cause he, uh, we, we found out about it together. Uh, you, you sure I, it was Banjo outside the window and not Duck Hunt? <laughs> uh, but I said, uh, I said, Elliot, I don't know what this means. And he said, what do you mean? And I said, well, if Rare is publishing Diddy Kong Racing, does this mean that Rare now has the rights to Diddy Kong? <laughs> and, and I was, what happens if one day... As Rare children Nite- say. 
No, I am not. I've told this story before. Uh, this is this might not be verbatim, but this is actually the discussion I had. Uh, I said, "What happens if one day Rare and Nintendo no longer work together? Does that mean Diddy Kong will no longer appear in Donkey Kong games?" And like, I I don't know. Some some children worry about their parents splitting up. This is what I was already thinking about in 1997 because I I was just. Like, this fascinated me. I don't know. And, and come to find out that no, Rare did not have the rights to Diddy Kong, but otherwise my prediction would come true. And we would have to deal with this, this weird split rights, uh, purgatory that Diddy Kong Racing would eventually find itself in. So anyway, long story short, I always read the fine print. It's, it's, uh, intriguing to me. And, uh, so I, I, I looked at the fine print of these pins, right? And I saw this logo, the Rare Racers logo. And I'm not the only one who did this. Our, uh, good friend, fellow site staffer on DK Vine, Matt Corna, he was so excited by seeing this logo that he made a mock up of it. Uh, because we've only seen it, this, this monochrome, in like gold and black or, or like, uh, like we, we, we haven't seen the full color version of it that may appear on the pin packaging. We don't know what it looks like, but, uh, yeah, we've only seen a, this as like a sort of like it's raised lettering on the back of the pins. Yeah. Yeah. Like resin or whatever it's made out of, but Matt just made a full color version of it. He was like, he, like, he was so excited about like just this very notion of, ostensibly Diddy Kong Racing in un- merchandise under this new brand that he made this logo for it. And that's what you see on this episode's artwork if you're listening to it on SoundCloud or YouTube or you've seen it on social media. Uh, that's where that came from. It was just a mock-up made by Matt who who was so excited, uh, as we all were. But <laughs> it's... <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's it's funny how like I I pulled that out of it. I immediately cropped it. I was like, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I got to do my news story for DK Vine. Got to put this out in social media because it was, as you said, Cameron, under the radar. Um, Fan Gamer presents Rare Racers cart pins, and let me read you the actual uh, text, the write up on Fan Gamer's website. Because I feel like this this is important, too, for context. For our Rare Racers project, we're putting some of our favorite racers from Rare's history, in parentheses, sorry, RC program, you're grade two, into carts, and from there onto pins with spinning wheels, and from there onto your jacket, bulletin board, desk, etc. So... Again, I have no knowledge about this, how this came about, whose idea it was, who pitched it to whom. But it seems like they are being very careful and very deliberate with their wording. And um it, it, it's <laughs> the phrasing is very funny to me because I think it. It's implicitly like if I was to read this blurb without having actually seen this, um, I would think, oh, well, you're like, say, if you did this for, um, well, 
I'll say like the the blurb kind of makes me think like oh you you have this giant stable of characters who have all been in racing games and you're going to pull from every single one like say um Nintendo like you did this for Nintendo you would have like oh you'll probably have like Mario but also like Captain Falcon yeah and, and like the Excite Bike guy um but then you read like the contextual like fine print and thinking like okay well wait rare hasn't actually made that many racing games with characters who are visibly represented and that they own like you know mickey speedway usa wouldn't be in this i'm shocked um, i'm shocked there aren't conspiracy theorists who saying well no rare and disney are, are, are good terms right now of course they're going to release mickey speedway usa <laughs> into the rare racers line of course yeah, they, 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 like, they, they, by calling out RC Pro-Am and saying, no, you're not included, RC Pro-Am, <laughs> it's which, pretty clear what, what they're trying to convey without saying it, right? Especially funny since Pro-Am 64 was <laughs> at one point the name of Diddy Kong Racing, so. At least Pro-Am's, Timber. Pro-Am's getting the tr- Timber treatment. Yeah, at least Timber got his pin, right? At, at least Timber yeah. was in the first wave, and we don't have to worry about the line ending before Timber gets... <laughs> because, because, yeah, like if if it was just Banjo and Conker in this first line, right? And they were in these cards. By the way, these cards are, are authentic. They, 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 they look pretty uh, authentic to the way they did in Diddy Kong yeah, Racing. I I, I kind of just want to gush over that for a minute because, like, you know, we, we so rarely get, like, Diddy Kong Racing ag- acknowledged, but in the times that, like, it's been brushed up against in, like, the two almost two decades since the buyout, um, like, you, like, you know, we had, uh, we found out about uh, TT in the CFE's prototype. We saw the, uh, the um, Xbox Vision camera version of Fast and Furious t- um, with, like, tip tipped up and TT as, like, mascot head costumes. Well, um, yeah, TT was the a mascot costume that you could put yourself into. Tipped up actually appeared in the game as a real character that I think you could, oh, like... Oh, right, I'm, I'm mudding that up. This is... It, it's so hard for me to get this right because it sounds absurd for me to even describe it. And, and, yeah, you, I think you curled with Tip Top. You played curl like you you pushed him on a shell and he like would like go off onto the ice. But what, what was interesting there was it was the Diddy Kong Racing design of Tip Top and not the more Ed Bryan kind of uh, bulbous head Banjo Kazooie design of Tip Top. An important right. distinction there. Right, but what I'm getting at is any. Most of the brush-ups we've had a bit of with Diddy Kong Racing in those years have been, aside from Diddy Kong Racing DS and everything surrounding that, they've all been either just, like, jokey, ha-ha, wink-wink nods to, there was a racing game with Banjo in it, or Diddy Kong was in a racing game that one time, or mm-hmm. it's explicitly appearances by the characters who were in the game. The carts that were in Diddy Kong Racing haven't really been in anything that's not Diddy Kong Racing or Diddy Kong Racing DS adjacent. Um, And I love seeing them because, I mean, I love the design of that cart. I've always thought it was really fun. Um, 
And the balloons, too. Like, you don't see the balloons get play in anything because they're balloons. Yeah, I, I'm a, a little upset. I mean, I'm not upset about anything because this is good news all around. And how entitled am I to already find something to nitpick at? But uh, the, the notion that these pins would, like, if, if there are more in this Rare Racers line, th- this notion that they would only be in carts that we wouldn't get any planes or hovercrafts. Kind of like, I was like, oh, that's a shame because part of the joy of Diddy Kong Racing are the three vehicles. But, um, I love these carts. Uh, like, I'm not, like, I'm not really complaining here because I, I love, especially the big orange tires that just seem like they're so bouncy. I just, there's something yeah. so appealing about these in comparison to like the, the pipe frames from Mario Kart that were, uh, prevalent at the time or all of the like other generic vehicles in Mario I, Kart after I that. I love the like giant like inner tube tire like scorching red and orange tires on these. I've always loved that about Diddy Kong Racing and I still love seeing it now. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I could really just gush about like the way these <laughs> look for probably an hour. Um, um, I should say um they're credited designs to Versiris and John K. Um, that's J O N K A Y. Um, and uh, I'm familiar with Versiris's work. We we both met her. She does spectacular, amazing work, and she very clearly has a passion for these characters and games as much as we do. Yeah, well, she is the brains behind the plushes as well. Uh, all of the the rare and platonic plushes that we've gotten from fan gamer and and so i i love her artwork um she did a great fan uh fan tribute to the game called timbers island right uh a few years back and right so with I've timber always, front and center in that with piece. timber front and center so i've always loved her design her her like eye for the characters and to see that reflected in these pins i can clearly tell she drew this timber, right? And so, like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's perfect, I, perfect. It, it, it also. I'm curious if you got the same vibe from it. Um, you, these pins both also remind me, in the best way, of the Japanese Diddy Kong Japanese Racing ad. Diddy Kong Racing. Yep, yep, yep. Completely, especially that banjo. Um, cause that, I just posted a GIF, uh, uh, on Twitter with, with that, uh, commercial the other week, right? Like it, it was Diddy, Banjo and Conker all kind of driving together. And so that, that was fresh in my mind when I saw this banjo, but yeah, it, 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 it's almost like what would, uh, DK King of Swing look like if, if. Or rather, what would Diddy Kong Racing look like if Payon got to make uh, like a Game Boy Advance version of it around the same time as King of Swing? Because it's got that great kind of hand-drawn style that you don't often see any of these DKU characters represented in uh, yeah, outside I, of outside of those one or two examples. Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of why I love King of Swing so much. Um, I ride or die for King of Swing because... You never get to see, almost never get to see Donkey Kong or Donkey Kong adjacent characters in this very graphical, f- flat 2D style because they were designed to be 3D characters. 
and they yeah. translate they can translate really really well in a fun way to it and i love seeing it every single time mm-hmm. yeah and and uh, like i'm i'm really excited about further pins in this line right like um here's hoping we get i'm just spitballing here but i would love if there was a second wave with pipsy and conquer because i feel like conquer would be in the second wave right because uh if you're gonna have banjo in the first one i feel like conquer uh would be an obvious choice if you want to have that like big name in there um if if they're kind of like still testing out the waters a bit I could see them like doing waves released kind of like they did with this. Like you, you know, you put Conquer in as the big name and then you put in Pipsy or Bumper. Somebody who didn't, somebody who did get a game people remember and someone who stuck strictly to Diddy Kong Racing. And maybe like tipped up in the third wave to, to anchor it oh i know that's a turtle from banjo kazooie and then you can have bumper or or drumstick or oh tt i tt might be hard to pull off a little bit in this pin style but i yeah. i'm hoping we get a tt somewhere along the way yeah i know we like talked in our dk vine discord chat like when these came out like additional possibilities that would be cool like i would be fine with a pin that was just like a front-facing TT. Um, I saw the really cool suggestion from someone, um, I'm sorry I can't think at the moment who made the suggestion, but a a front fi- like a a front-facing plane with a like spinning propeller. Oh, yeah. In the way that because um, like just a as a thing like Fan Gamer has like. I wouldn't in the before the last few years, I would not have considered myself a person who collects pins at all. But mm-hmm. fan gamer has a, has made a really good practice of making one pins of stuff that I care about. That doesn't typically get merchandise. Um, and also finding like fun in these like fun solutions to make them interactive like yeah. um like the two two of their perfect dark pins like they could have just had a a pin with like the perfect dark pd logo but instead it's a pin of a toilet seat that has an interactive hinge that you lift up and there's a piece of cheese inside or um like one of their their non uh DKU pins that I really like is they did a pin of uh, Revolver Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid, who's like whole gimmick is he does like um, fancy like spinning gun tricks with a with an old with an old Western revolver. And what they did was they have a pin of him and the gun in his hand is on a hinge. So it spins endlessly. Yeah, the the one I I got this pin the other week because uh, I haven't been buying all these pins. I I've been getting a few here or there. I obviously got the classic Rareware logo pin and then the Wireframe Rareware logo pin, which was was kind of closet Donkey Kong Country merchandise. <laughs> I think that's a point you brought up was that this was like the one piece of Donkey Kong, 
country merchandise that Rare could possibly be involved with. Is yeah. that wireframe Rare logo yeah, from because the it's, beginning. It's not like immediately apparent that it had it's t- tied to Donkey Kong Country because you think, well, you know, Rare puts their logo in everything. But I had the realization, like, the intro of Rare's logo being built out of, like, si- like green wireframe is only in Donkey Kong Country and Donkey Kong Country 2. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and then, then they brought up, so they had the t-shirt for it, and then they brought up the pin for it. And what, one of my other cherished possessions is the modern, current Rare logo. I got that as a pin at E3 2015 when Rare sort of had their coming out party for their rebranding and they announced Rare Replay and Sea of Thieves and I got that pin at E3 and it's just... I, I love it to death, and and so I wanted to get the uh, classic versions too. And I'm, I'm grateful to you for smuggling one of those ones of the new rare logo back to me. No no take backs. Now it's been four years or so. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, I was just gonna get those, and then I I ended up just. I think they were having a sale and I ended up snagging the ukulele heads. And then I wanted to get, uh, when we're talking the inner activity with the pins, I wanted to get the one with Banjo's backpack that hinges up to reveal Kazooie. I was like, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll get that one. And then we did our Cracklestone episode, Ukulele and the Cracklestone, the other uh, month. And then we interviewed DM Combo right after that. And I, I got the pin I got with the, the Kickstarter campaign. And for, for ukulele and cracklestone, cause I love, we're talking about Viscyrus and her eye for the Diddy Kong racing characters. I love DM Combo's look for ukulele. So to have them at that in a pin form, I put that with my pins and all of a sudden I'm like, I'm getting obsessed with pins yeah. of all things. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming an obsessive pin hoarder. Cause I also have all these pins from the Sea of Thieves Reapers mark every E3 after, uh, <laughs> 2015. Cause they would have the new Reapers mark. And then I had the original, like, beta version of the Reapers mark that I got somewhere. It might have, like, I got it at Rare, maybe. I, I don't know. But anyway, long story short, I have a shelf full of pins. And then they announced this, and I'm just like, I'm just going to buy them all. I, so <laughs> I, 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 uh, I ended up ordering the Bad Fur Day set, and there's still a couple more. I need to get the Banjo-Kazooie head, and I, yeah, I, I the, don't know what else I'm missing. But. The Bad Fur Day set, I love the, the stylization on those. Um, those were um, designed by Nina Matsumoto, whose work I also am a huge fan of. Um, she's done, like, I'm such a wide variety of work that I'm like always surprised to see her name pop up, but it's always spectacular. God, I want you to be able to design something. I'm, this is, this is not me making a pitch. Cameron, you, you didn't know I was going to say this, but I really would love to see you doing something for fan gamer because you, your art always just blows me away. You've got just the perfect rendition of every character. Ah. Oh. I would buy so many of your pins, Cameron, let me tell you. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just the very idea of, of Diddy Kong Racing merchandise uh, it is something that I sort of lost hope for. Because when they opened up, as I said, the spigots back in 2015, I, you know, I, I was like, oh, Banjo-Kazooie merch, and, ooh, Conquer merch. Uh, but, you know, in the back of my head, I was always like, I would love anything Timber. And, and the the rights issues with Diddy Kong Racing, 
as I said, I traded in this info as a kid, right? Like, th- this was kind of like a religion for me, was accumulating this information. And it was just, uh, I did no, no special trick here. I got the information from reading copyright blurbs on the back of boxes. And, and you know, maybe sometimes it's a bit more nuanced than these little blurbs have you believe, but... It's, it's on the back of the original N64 Diddy Kong Racing Box. Uh, copyright, 1997 Rare, Diddy Kong, Banjo, and Crunch, characters licensed by Nintendo. It, right? It, it kind of betrays, like, how kind of silly this was even back in the day that we, like... Character names like Crunch, Trough, uh, Scoff, and Tiny Kong are all committed to fine print. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know that like so so for from 1997 to 2002, right? It it was just okay. So Rare actually has the copyright to all of these characters, uh, except Diddy, obviously, except Banjo because Banjo Kazooie was developed this kind of co-production between Rare and Nintendo. Also, not Crunch because they retroactively made him a Kremlin. Right, right. That That's the craziest thing about any of this, in my opinion, is that Crunch was an alligator character in, like, Pro-Am 64. I, I don't know when he popped up, you know, because, you know, it's kind of muddled when characters sort of got, kind of got roped into this. We know when Diddy Kong came into it, but that's that's really it. But we seem to be having a really good string of luck of things that we thought were never possible being possible so I'm just going to say right now, loud enough for everybody to hear it, gee, it's a sh- real shame that we haven't seen anything relating to Crunch the Kremlin in a long, long time. <laughs> Sorry to break it to you, Cameron, but Sora is the final character in Smash. Sora from off of Kingdom Hearts. I don't know if you you heard about that. Well, uh... You know, Sora's uh, rights are a lot less simple and clean than Crunch's, so. (laughs) Yeah, but, yeah, like, uh, theoretically, right, had they just kept it an alligator, uh, uh, then he wanted to become a Nintendo character. Anyway, um, that's the way it exists until 2002, and then, of course, the buyout happened, and we know the Banjo-Kazooie... Like, the cleanest way to go about it, because at that point, things were, I think, kind of messy. <laughs> if, you, if you're if you judging the Donkey Kong 64 Player's Guide, uh, copyright, paragraph by... Uh, if, if you're judging that and, and taking that into account, things were kind of getting sort of... Uh, freewheeling a little bit where where like rare had the copyright to all these new characters in Donkey Kong 64 and I'm not sure if that was like a temporary measure or what like um but the the cleanest way the cleanest break seemed to be uh okay Microsoft is buying rare we Nintendo are not buying rare so yeah I- I have no grounds to like base this assumption on but I kind of assumed like the the muddier, weirder, like, character rights things at the time, like, why does Rare own a bunch of Kongs and such? I, I kind of, this is in the back of my mind, suspected, like, is that so, like, 
Like, I, I have to imagine, like, Rare and, and Nintendo mutually are thinking, like, we're never going to split up. Not, we, this relationship's too good. Let's just... Rare can own these characters. Nintendo will be the only ones who ever uses them. But, you know, Rare will get to wet their beaks a little bit whenever the characters are used and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have no understanding of actually why that was the case. But... um and, and I've said that's the only way I could rational ration it in my head because otherwise, why wouldn't Nintendo just own the Kongs for a Donkey Kong game? Yeah, and I, I've like I've spoken just purely like spitballing, but I phrased it in a really bad way. And I uh, on social media a couple years ago where I I made it. It was kind of like a joke where I said like essentially it was a hostage situation in 2002 where like it's like all right we'll give you banjo kazooie if you give us the cogs and and that's not like that's it's not like rare traded yeah a lot of people have have misinterpreted that as like it was like trading like you said a hostage negotiation or like trading baseball players yeah it's it's not like nintendo traded the banjo kazooie cast for tiny chunky i think think the more likely scenario is like Nintendo and Rare mutually looked at what they both owned and thought, well, like, what the hell are we going to do with these? We, we like, Rare is not going to use, like, third stringers from the Donkey Kong cast in something. Yeah, and <laughs> that that opens up a whole can of uh, worms there. Of, uh, so, you know, you're, you're just like, oh, the cleanest way to go about it I think was just okay. We we Nintendo we get everything related to Donkey Kong and everything related to Star Fox because Star Fox Adventures had just come out, and and you you rare you you can get everything you created outside of those properties. So Banjo, Conquer, Killer Instinct, yeah, so on. Um, and it's like and and you know conquer that they they've always had the rights to but it, anyway it, so it yeah it seems like the most amicable circumstances you could have asked for and i think like pretty good on rare's end really because they get to keep basically all of their original developed properties the the only issue then the the only game that kind of is left without a home is diddy kong racing because diddy kong racing uh as as we've said published by rare but uh, Diddy Kong, well, it used to be Diddy Kong Banjo and Crunch characters licensed by Nintendo. Now just Diddy Kong and Crunch characters licensed by Nintendo, as well as Diddy Kong Racing itself, which is trademark of Nintendo. Yeah, the, the way I've like always tried to describe like how bizarre Diddy Kong Racing situation is to people who don't have con- context, at least at least per my understanding of it. Because, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I only go by what I've read on 20-year-old boxes. Um, It's Diddy Kong Racing is a game, is a racing game with guest characters where the guest character also got top billing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it it would be like... um banjo kazooie with sega and with sonic and sega all-stars you know it um but i mean yeah that that's essentially the way it was but it's not the way the game was promoted it's not the way the game was written about it's not it's it's just no it it was a diddy kong game 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was just this completely odd, unique situation where Nintendo needed a big holiday game in 1997. The game Rare had in the works promised for them, the one they had tied up with a Taco Bell promotion, uh, couldn't be out in time. So luckily Rare had this other game and Nintendo is willing to make that game a success no matter what, including giving them a character, loaning them a character. I think at one point it held the record for most pre-ordered game, so it evidently worked. It was a huge deal. It was in the Guinness Book of World Records, Cameron. And that's why after 2002, uh, actually a little bit before 2002, because the game sort of disappeared before Conker's Bad Fur Day came out, but... 2002, the complete evaporation of Diddy Kong Racing. Uh, aside from, you know, references here or there, Rare, Rare would reference it more than Nintendo. And that's that's the real kicker here. They would reference it by name. Diddy Kong Racing was name dropped in Nuts and Bolts. Uh, if and- Conker gave a faux interview uh, in the uh, lead up to Live and Reloaded. And that's where we learn that somebody from the Diddy Kong Racing cast was in prison. so i mean it 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 would get referenced but neither entity could really do much with it yeah um you'd you'd see like koi references on nintendo's end where they like there was a like a mission in one of the smash games like hey all these angry diddy kongs did they lose a race or something Mm mm-hmm yeah, even even mm-hmm. Diddy Kong, his inclusion in Toadstool Tour, uh, or excuse me, in his inclusion in Double Dash, he was in Toadstool Tour too, but there's no Diddy Kong Racing references in that. Uh, his inclusion in Double Dash, his home track was um, Dino Dino Jungle, I think. Yeah, uh, which we, we only know because people dug through the code and that's the track he was assigned. Like, it's not even called out as a Diddy Kong track in that game. Right. But and why would why would Diddy Kong's track, his home track, be Dino Dino Jungle if it wasn't a little nod to Diddy Kong Racing? Yeah, you, you can see like the symmetry there. So yeah, it's it, it's been this kind of uh aloof thing, right? Sakurai brought it up uh in the Banjo Kazooie demonstration after uh, yeah. after those characters any, were announced for Smash, it seems like it's pretty much fair game to, in any context, say, yeah, Banjo's first game was Diddy Kong Racing. That's just factually what happened. Um, as you said, like um, the Conquer interview said it. It's name dropped in nuts and bolts. It gets name dropped in Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing with Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. And, and and so that's fine, but as as far as like celebrating the characters, right? As as far as pulling anything outside of Banjo, Conker, Diddy Kong out of the mothballs and doing something with them, um, I've never given up hope. I, I have never from from the end of the Nintendo Rare partnership to today, I have never once thought. Like, well, we're just never going to see these characters again. Uh, hashtag TT in Sea of Thieves, everyone. Hashtag TT in, in Sea of Thieves. <laughs> but I have to admit, you know, after a while, 
you you start to kind of lose the faith just a bit, especially with as you mentioned all those flirtations that Rare has done with bringing the characters back, um, the Fast and the Furious or or TT in Sea of Thieves, but uh, n- nothing has really bore fruit except, of course, Diddy Kong Racing DS and Diddy Kong Racing DS. Again, let's flip the box over and let's read the copyright. Diddy Kong Racing DS is interesting uh, because it's kind of the reverse. It's kind of the reverse of the original Diddy Kong Racing, right? Because it says copyright 2007 Nintendo, game by Rare, certain characters licensed by Rare. So, so here, Diddy Kong Racing, we, we have a Diddy Kong Racing game that is published by Nintendo and then everything else is licensed by Rare. Yeah, I remember uh, being like really confused by that wording back in the day because certain characters licensed by Rare. So is that saying, okay, Rare licensed you certain characters or Rare licensed certain characters from you? Mm-hmm. And I realized like, you know, the the former is probably what they meant. Yeah, but but Diddy Kong Racing DS's very existence has kind of created this, uh, I I think, misunderstanding among a lot of fans who don't read the fine print like we do, <laughs> and and they think that Nintendo like has owned everybody, right? Yeah, because um, the only um like characters excised from that game were Banjo and Conker, and the only reason Banjo and Conker, uh, and we we don't have any. Uh, actual inside word on this. This is just, uh, I think, our understanding. Maybe something came out uh, in 2007, uh, but I, I think it was 2007 era Microsoft uh, just just wasn't keen on having two of their bigger uh, IPs at the time in this Nintendo yeah, game. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if like it was pressure from Nintendo or Microsoft, but either either party would be understandable um, yeah. having an issue with this. But it, I think it's plain that they didn't have an issue with, like, say, Tip Top being in the game, even though by that point he was, like, firmly a Banjo-Kazooie character because, well, Tip Top isn't selling Xboxes. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, tip, I tip tell to, you, Cameron. Well, Xbox is plural. I, I I went down to the gaming haberdashery the very day after the buyout and said, "Did you did you hear did you hear the news? Uh, Rare is going to Xbox. Why I I can't wait to play all the Tip Top games on the big green console. What, why are you buying games at the hat store? <laughs> I don't know because <laughs> because I've slagged GameStop enough in the last couple episodes that I didn't want to I I didn't want to." complete the hat trick if you were ha- haberdashery sounds like it could be a game store name along the lines of funko land and babbages so <laughs> no i i uh tipped up like he he was one of those characters where we always fantasized about his own game right there there was uh somebody wrote it describes i'll never forget it but they like they they pitched a tip top game and it wasn't me uh they they pitched a tip top game it was like tip top heaven and shell or something um 
But I mean, that's that's the language we dealt in from 1997 to 2002. It's just like, well, you know, we got Banjo, we got Conquer, Trickies in Dinosaur Planet. Sky's the limit. Like all these characters are ripe for their own games. Um. So anyway, like th- this past few days since these pins were revealed, it, it, it feels like I went on a tear because uh, I was giddy. I was I was high off the supply of, of Diddy Kong Racing merchandise for the first time in decades. Like a- ignoring Diddy Kong Racing DS because technically I guess a video game is merchandise, but but ignoring Diddy Kong Racing DS, this is the first Diddy Kong Racing anything in over two decades. The Toy Biz figures were the last pieces of actual Diddy Kong Racing merchandise. <sighs> My God, um, I don't know if there was a player's guide for Diddy Kong Racing DS. Uh, but I, I'm not including that. I, I'm ju- I just mean like well, you toys, mean, gear, yeah, not, you not, know, not uh, not books and magazines, but like actual right. like apparel, yeah. toys. So so everyone it seemed had questions about this because I made a tweet about this and and it kind of blew up because nobody else was tweeting about this, uh, and, and so a lot of people like. Super Mario Wiki retweeted it, and then John Cartwright retweeted it, and, and it became a thing. And and so people were like, I thought Nintendo owned Timber. What? And, and so, you know, I was like, oh, I know all about this because I I am a Donkey Kong scholar. Let me answer this. <laughs> and um, it, it's just from reading copyright information for for 27 years. I mean, that that's all it is. But... Uh, I, I know that uh, people are still confused by it. Now, I haven't seen the perfect storm of somebody thinking that Nintendo owns all the Diddy Kong Racing characters except Crunch because Rare owns the Kremlins. That, because you know, the rumor <laughs> that Rare owns the Kremlins still persists. Even yeah, though K. Rule's in Smash. I understood even, like, it when, like, K. Rule was exclusively, like, showing up in games that not a ton of people played. Or, like, he was just a, you know, not everybody reads the trophies in Smash. But when he's outright playable in the game, like, come on. Yeah. So, th- so like, that would be, I think, that was what I was waiting for. I was hoping somebody would be, but I thought Nintendo owned everybody. Except Crunch, of course, because Rare <laughs> the Kremlins. <laughs> So anyway, I, you know, the, the, the rights issues are just something that I have always obsessed over. And, and I, I think having these pins and having it be like the hot topic of conversation this week, uh, I don't know. Maybe I talked about it too much. I'm, I'm sorry if everybody was sick of hearing me, uh, say it like for the upteenth time that well you see in 1997 well you see in 2007 but hey that's that's what you do but anyway um yeah this this is just uh it's really cool to see because i i I kind of lost hope a little bit even even though i i would never let the flame completely die out you know, we, we, we haven't seen Timber in anything, like not even a t-shirt. And, and I'm just like, are they, are they being so careful? Even though they, you know, they, they can do stuff with Timber. 
maybe they didn't want to because the the association, the implication, you know, and and they don't want it to be like, oh, we're we're, we're trying well, to yeah, trying like, to make you, you know, kind of can't say like, oh, we we put out a, a Timber the Tiger shirt. Oh, what's he? What was he from? Don't worry about it. <coughs> yeah. Oh, what's that over there? Is that a squirrel? Oh, yeah. Look at our Conquer merchandise. Yeah, it's it, it's it's like the thing. Like we, we were talking about Nintendo social media the, on the other episode, and like, well, they didn't tweet anything about Donkey Kong's fortieth birthday. Well, yeah, but they don't have anything specifically Donkey Kong to sell you right now. They're tweeting about Metroid's thirty fifth because Metroid Dread. Uh, what was about to come out. So it's kind of like the same thing. It's like, what well, if they did do timber merchandise or, or anything like, well, that's not really in service of anything, right? Like, like Diddy Kong racing can't be in rare replay. So you can't point people towards that. There's nothing on, uh, you know, game pass, uh, that has these characters. So, that would be understandable why we wouldn't see anything, but we, the fans, we really wanted it, Cameron. We, we, I, like, th- this has been, like, walking through a desert for, uh, almost 20 years, right? And then finding an oasis. And the oasis is just full of sharp, prickly little thumbtacks. But I'm still gonna <laughs> shove them in my mouth because <laughs> I'm so desperate for something other than sand. You just need to get you like a like a Scrooge McDuck vault for all these rare pins. Yeah, I'm I I was thinking like I'm gonna have to get a new display because I leave them in the package too. I I I've been just leaving them in the package because I I don't want to lose any of them and they're so tiny. But like I don't know, maybe I need to get something and- that I can like press them into and fan gamer always does like neat little graphic design stuff on their packaging too to like guilt you into not throwing it away <laughs> right exactly and i'm i realized looking around the dk vine offices oh i've become a crazy hoarder oh no <laughs> when's my intervention so let's let's just put the kibosh on a train of thought because we we've we haven't brought this up on purpose so the the fact that Fangamer is rolling out this Rare Racers brand to ostensibly do something with these Diddy Kong Racing cast members and iconography that Rare and Microsoft own, uh, just because there is this branding for it now that we're all very excited about, it doesn't correlate to anything else, right? Like, I, I, I don't want to pour cold water on anybody, but Banjo and Kazooie and Conker have been getting merchandise for years now. It doesn't mean there's a new game on the horizon. Jet Force Gemini just got a vinyl release the same day that these uh, Rare Racers pins and the Ginginator plush were announced. Definitely doesn't mean a Jet Force Gemini game is incoming, right? Th- this is just, I think, Rare and Fangamer being really cool (laughs) yeah i i I see this crop up a lot of the times in video game discussions but like no most of the time when merchandise pops up for an older game it doesn't correlate to anything especially like fangamer does merchandise for older games all the time yeah and i think the like biggest sticking point is if they were doing something with this this would not have been the first time that we heard the the branding rare racers 
Like this is clearly like a merchandising label. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Cameron. That's okay. That is okay because it is a foothold after we've been dangling on this cliff for forever now. We actually now can see TT merchandise. We can we can see uh Pipsy maybe maybe cropping up here or there. This also opens up the possibility of maybe a rare racer's ship set and sea of thieves down the line. Or, you know, there, there's room to grow here. And, and what this does is it, it kind of finally opens up that window again and allows us to have these characters back where we can celebrate them in an appropriate context that is legally safe and distinct. Uh, that, that doesn't trample on any trademarks, you know? And, and that's all we wanted. That's all we wanted for so long because I don't know if, obviously some people at Rare have understood, right? Uh, how much these characters and how much this game means to people. But I don't know if it, the realization fully set in. It, it certainly has now because they're doing it somewhere. Uh, someone got the memo and they were like, we're going to try this. And, uh, for that, I, I can't begin to express my uh, appreciation and admiration because to see Timber the Tiger, his image on a piece of merchandise in 2021, uh, it, it, it was just weirdly a relief. Uh, I, like, I'm not, I'm not going to say I cried over a pin. But I might have gotten a little misty because, yeah, this is such an important pillar of the community, of everything we have done at DK Vine since 1999, of so many people's childhood and and warm, happy memories. I can't think of the holiday season without thinking of Diddy Kong Racing. And, and part of that is, like, I, I remember trying to beat one of TT's time trials right before he went to get the Christmas tree that year. Uh, I also think about R.O. Matt Corna's uh, <laughs> song, <laughs> I Wish I Was the Walrus Every Day, which I'm not going to repeat the lyrics here, but it is an earworm, and it will forever link many things <laughs> with Diddy Kong <laughs> But, yeah, it's, it's just, it, it is such... A big part of my life. I talk about Diddy Kong Racing probably every day. And I, I think one of the reasons, uh, the discussion I had with Josh about feeling a little bit blue when I went to Nintendo's website, the archived version of Nintendo's website from the turn of the century, and and I saw like how much that game was like part of the language of Nintendo and of Rare fandom back then and and to see it like be such a non-entity now because of these circumstances it broke my heart it it really did break my heart and yeah there's more important issues in the world climate change and and inequality and so i'm not saying like tim getting getting a, a cartoon tiger on a pin isn't some like grand uh prevailing 
over injustice. It, it, it's just, uh, uh, this, this, uh, mascot racer from our youth came back in, in a pin you can buy on a website. That's all it is. But I'm going to take victories in these, uh, in bitter times where I can get them, Cameron. And, and this is a victory. This is a big fucking deal. Uh, and I, I, I just, I just can't wait to see one. I can't wait to get my pins in the mail, (laughs) (laughs) but I also just can't wait to see, you know, where else this, uh, merchandise brand might grow from here because I can tell you right now, I'm going to buy everything (laughs) because I'm on the family plan for Nintendo switch online expansion pack. So I can probably afford to throw my money around a little bit more and get a bumper pin maybe i don't know yeah um i think i can safely say you you put any of this stuff on the store i will buy it we have calls we, we have calls because like i said people are excited about these stupid little pins so uh we we've got three callers uh and we'll we'll play those and then we're gonna give i think some final thoughts and we might uh, shoot some ideas back and forth about what other Rare Racers merchandise we would like to see in the future. So, let's take the first call. Diddy Kong Racing! Oh, Diddy Kong Racing, the the most development hell we'll see since the Golden Eyes 5 Company Springs. <laughs> you know, when I was watching that Banjo-Kazooie presentation, I couldn't believe Sakurai had the goal to tell us about Microsoft. Not even to go tell us to play Xbox. They might want to go edit that in a month or two. Or that, you know, to embrace any of Microsoft or Xbox. But he mentioned Diddy Kong Racing. <laughs> well, then again, Sakurai does what Sakurai wants. What a gutsy move. Probably his most daring. Anyways, on to the legacy of Rare and how they're embracing the characters. Great. It's nice to see the Microsoft logo on their timber, which finally clears up the notion that Banjo and Conquer were removed because they were quote-unquote owned by Microsoft. They're all owned by Microsoft now. Well, obviously, it could Giddy Crunch and Tiny Dixie. But, um, you know, so I was thinking, embracing the legacy is cool. But what if in the upcoming Everwild game, there was a, a pack of animals? I know they can't really make them anthropomorphic or even give them clothes for that matter, because, well, it's not what Everwild is going to be. It's a little bit more realistic than that. Um, well, not realistic in graphics, so you know. Well, I don't even know. It's, it's, it's not like cartoony characters interacting. But have a tiger, a mouse, um, an elephant, a, a pig, and a, a badger. Um, a, a family-friendly badger, of course. And, you know, just put them all together. If I, I forgot anybody, I'm so sorry. Um, uh, a turtle. No, I heard said turtle. But yeah, have them all be retconned canonically as the, like maybe like the the ancestors of these Diddy Kong racing characters. Or, you know, maybe they decide to take up a new um, wild culture news. Okay, we'll save it for another day. But, you know, Timber's Island and Everwild, the the bare-bone explorations of the foundations of Timber's Island and Everwild. Do it, Rare. Have a good one. Thank you for the call. That was Gothic Teddy Bear, by the way, uh, who's uh, responsible for the new YouTube channel, Oracle Historical, gets into a lot of DKU topics, which you love to see. So uh, thank you for the call. Cameron, I believe this is the very beginning 
of the hashtag bumper in Everwild campaign. At least it sounds like it to me. And uh, to that, I say one thing at a time. Let's get TT and Sea of Thieves, and then we can focus on the future. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like... It, it does kind of bring to attention, like, something I haven't really... I mean, I'd say haven't really thought about, but we've thought about this. Um, that, like, um, part of why we haven't seen these characters in a while isn't just the everything surrounding Diddy Kong racing, but also um, Rare's latest games have been ones that don't necessarily lend themselves to return appearances from Diddy Kong racing characters, like stylistically, like we, we campaign for TT and sea of thieves, but that's because we have like a very specific reimagining in mind for him. Well, that, and we also saw TT in the, uh, was it the right. Unity build of Sea of Thieves? Right. So, what I, but what so I mean like, is, that, like, if we hadn't seen that, this idea would have never occurred to, I think, either of us in a million years. No, no. And and, and to anybody at Rare who's sick of me, sick of us talking about TT and Sea of Thieves, maybe you shouldn't have put that you, idea in our heads, you Inception it. style. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> look, we, we were fine just talking about Captain Black Eye and Sea of Thieves, and then you, you, you dangle this new thing over us, and we're like, yes, that's even weirder, you, let's you go put, with that. And Pendragon is in the game, which is maybe weirder than both of those. <laughs> I, I mean, an anthropomorphic <laughs> magical stopwatch is probably weirder than a mustachioed... Uh, adventurer man but yeah i mean yeah i, I get what you're saying no, no, as pen dragon's as, like, pretty weird i mean yeah about as weird as Wizpig getting an action figure before <laughs> pen dragon pen dragon star of sea of thieves um and a comic <laughs> based on sea of thieves yeah anyway yeah well uh you know we'll we'll, we'll always be hoping these characters appear somewhere um and, and that's that's been the case since 1997 and since you know tipped up showed up in banjo kazooie uh because you know the, then you know w- one of my things is if we get a new conquer game at some point down the line i would love for bumper to be the tipped up of conquer right the diddy kong racing character who's like the supporting character in that franchise because i feel like bumper would work considering his sorted uh subsequent years after Diddy Kong Racing. Yeah, but uh, of course, to Gothic Teddy Bear's point, like, even in in games where it doesn't really make contextual sense to have these characters present in any way, I'm fine with just a, like, like a winking nod that makes sense within the context of the universe. Sure. That's always appreciated. And just to be clear, T.T., in Sea of Thieves makes absolutely perfect sense. And I don't want to hear otherwise. Thank you for the call. The next call is actually two calls. So we're going to play both back to back. And then we'll talk about both. Hey, Hal. Uh, and I forgot who the co-host is. I think you said it was going to be Cameron. I could be wrong. Sorry, whoever you are. Anyway, uh, Hal here. And, um... I am on my way home from work, and I knew you had been planning on doing the episode on the Rare Racers thing going on ever since the announcement of the uh, the pins on Fangamer. Sorry, I'm 
here. I just got off work, so I'm kind of brain at the moment. But anyway, uh, yeah. What I think is amazing right now is I'm actually playing through three different DKU games, just kind of alternating. I'm playing Grab by the Ghoulies, DK King at Swing, and uh, the Adventure Mode Diddy Kong Racing right now. And um, I just thought it was really, really cool that they're doing this right now and kind of finding a way to revitalize. And to be honest, I, I think it means one of two things, maybe both. This might be wishful thinking, but I feel like this either is signaling uh, Diddy Kong Racing coming to um, the Switch expansion pack for Nintendo Switch Online, or maybe they are making a... Um, a rare crossover racing game. I think the Switch Online thing is a lot more possible than the other, but who knows? I mean, we're nothing if not hopeful. But, yeah, I'm still trying to decide what pins I want to get. Uh, I told my uh, it's that time of year where me and my wife are trying to figure out what we want to get each other for Christmas, and I put both the pins on my list, so we'll see what happens. But anyway, to save myself from rambling and uh, just kind of going off on tangents, I guess. Have a good one. Hey, it's Jebaha again. Sorry. Uh, I meant to mention this in the first call. Uh, I think another thing that is vital to remember about the brand Rare Racers or Zikon Racing merch or whatever the hell um, is the fact that um, Bumper is out of prison. And though, I mean, I know it, it was stated in like 2014 or whatever that he's out, but, you know, the fact that Rare doubled down on it very recently, I think, is a big point to mention along with this, because Bumper has only been in Diddy Kong Racing. So, uh, yeah. I don't know if that means anything, or if this was worth calling back again, but I was gonna do it, damn it. Okay, bye. Thank you for the calls, Jebaha. No, I, I, I definitely don't think it means anything, although I am always happy to talk about Bumper. I could talk about Bumper until the sun comes up and then I'll eat breakfast and then I'll talk about them some more. <laughs> no, I, I, the fact that bumper has had this long complicated history, uh, completely outside of the games has just been, I think rare sense of humor. Uh, you know, specifically love day's sense of humor. Uh, cause it all, it all originates from, the rare's website and you know it, and it it speaks to the diddy kong racing's like legacy that like self-confessed like the reason they were able to make that joke in scribes is because there are no stakes to attributing that kind of history to bumper yeah because he's not going to show up in a new game tomorrow and be a super marketable character. Right. Uh, and, and the whole reason that uh, Rare's Twitter account spoke to that the other week was because Super Mario Wiki made a tweet about it. And and on on Super Mario Wiki, like, Bumper came up on the main site. As, and one of the, like, bullet points was, it has been said he's in prison. And then uh, <laughs> that, that started making the round. So Rare replied to it and said he's actually out of prison, which we, as you said, we've known about for quite a while. But most people don't pay attention yeah. to this sort of stuff. Most people are just finding out that Bumper was in prison at all. And uh, that's I mean, not te- even technically, like, like we got word that like Lee said he likes to think Bumper is out of prison by now. This was like retroactive hard <laughs> confirmation. Well, the thing is, we said. okay. 
Diddy Kong Racing DS, Cameron, right? If we take that to be a new adventure because it does have Teenage Tiny Kong in it, so it can't possibly take place in 1997, plus that piece of promotional, uh, like, uh, artwork the, the the postcard they sent out that said explicitly that it took place 10 years later uh i think we were to infer that bumper was on parole then um so he was only in prison for a couple of years uh, but anyway uh again what i said about being a scholar when it comes to this stuff like i yes uh, like no i i can point you to when bumper was pretty clearly out of prison uh but it, it is nice to hear uh no matter how you view diddy kong racing ds and the uh canon placement of it that that bumper is out um, you don't think he just got like furloughed for the weekend to help on did he on timbers island and then sent I, right I mean, back i i'm sure the parole board would have been um more sympathetic oh the extraterrestrial genie pig is back yeah okay bumper you go out you're granted parole take care of this problem for us um i i I don't know that's that's a whole story i would love to be able to read right like i i want a bumper novel bumper the lost years (laughs) (laughs) like (laughs) rare racers presents bumper the lost years i would buy that novel off fan gamer for sure uh anyway yeah and, and as far as like Software goes again, like we said, uh, th- there's no correlation there between this. This is just cool merchandise. Uh, I mean, Hope Springs Internal, I will always hope for Diddy Kong Racing to appear on Switch. I will always hope for a rare branded racer. Uh, but as, as far as, as far as what this means, there's no meaning here. It's just really cool. And it's, it's great that we can start celebrating these characters in such a way again specifically rare can start celebrating these characters in such a way again we've been celebrating them non-stop since 1997 uh but thank you for the calls jebaha and i hope your wife gets you both pins all right we have uh one more call and then we'll wrap this up but i'm sure we will be discussing pins uh as pertaining to the rare racers brand uh, as they show up for many of the episode to come. All right, let's play the call. Hey, guys, Rick here. I, man, I grew up with Diddy Kong Racing. I love that game. I love the characters. I think it's legit one of the best casts in any racing game. It, they're all new, almost all of them, but there's so there's so much variety there. And this could lead to, like, everyone in the cast getting their own solo games. I think that'd be fantastic. My idea is Drumstick getting his own character action game made by Platinum. I, you know, I think that's just ballpark. We got it. All right, guys, take care. See, Rick. Rick has been rekindled uh, by by the uh, fires of the late '90s. The the same fires that fueled us. Uh, because that is the joy of the Diddy Kong Racing cast, is it not? Like, the fact that they were all new sans Diddy, that they all represented this unlimited potential, and and it felt like the universe could expand for years out of that game afterwards. And, and so that that's, like, I think why the Diddy Kong Racing cast is so appealing to me. It's, it's not 
as it has been misinterpreted by so many people after the fact, it, it is not just a rare crossover game, right? It is essentially an all-new cast, ground zero, day one, for, for everyone but Diddy. And, and that that was what I think made the cast so instantly memorable and, and why why somebody like Pipsy, despite having very little backstory in the game, resonates with me more than the Mario cast that I know in, in games like Mario Kart, where it's like, oh yeah, I'm going to shit talk the Koopa Troopa again. I got in trouble for shit talking the Koopa Troopa in Mario Kart uh, the other episode because, you know, Koopa Troopa has fans, and I, I apologize, but uh, the, the Koopa Troopa in Mario Kart, I'm not going to have any emotional resonance any any connection with that koopa troopa because i don't know what that koopa troopa has been through right but pipsy pipsy is this mouse uh, she has a name uh she was exiled from her mountain home by whiz pig is that and, and just from there my imagination just builds on it and, and it's that way with the whole cast and yeah, um, that is, I think, why like I hear people talking about like a, a fun parlor game. It, it's a game you and Jeff, I think, you said were playing just the uh, the other week, and it might be a great topic for a future episode coming up. But like talking about how you could do a rare racer in you know in the present or in the uh, not too distant future, like what characters would you use? And for me, like, that's really cool. And that's a n- kind of another itch I have as a fan, but it doesn't necessarily scratch the same itch that Diddy Kong Racing represents. You know, D- Diddy Kong Racing was an all new cast. And from there, you like, you wanted to see them in other things, non racing games. Um, yeah, it's and, this, and, it's this weird, like, confluence of circumstances where. Diddy Kong Racing is both a game with an original cast and a crossover game because of the circumstances of, oh, it was going to be a totally original cast, and then guest characters were added to, like, bump up the marquee a little bit more. But also these guest characters appeared in this game before their own games premiered and then we, like, they were baked into the pre-existing Donkey Kong lore you know, like I, I keep bringing Canonical it up. Canonical friends of Diddy Kong, Banjo, yeah, and yeah, I, I keep bringing it up. Conquer's biography on Rare's website back in the day, before before Bad Fur Day, led with unlike like like his good friend Diddy Kong, comma. <laughs> and so I, I feel I mean, like yeah, I feel like um like D, DK and Diddy like just logged on to Conquer's Facebook page one day and just think, oh oh god, what 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 road did he go down? Oh Lord! I'm sure they heard about him becoming <laughs> king. That was—I mean—that's a pretty big story. It's—it's it's not like, uh, so yeah. I mean, I mean, like it, it's weird because I want different things, right? Like, I—I want—I would love a game, you know, down the line that utilized maybe the Rare Racers branding. Um, Fan gamer presents Rare Racers, the game. <laughs> but, you know, that, that's kind of ostensibly a follow up to D Kong Racing, utilizing the cast. And, uh, 
maybe some new characters in there as well because you got to have new characters too like let's let's not just revisit these familiar faces let's get in what what was the character we were joking about in the uh the discord was it milky the moose <laughs> yeah um yeah i think it was uh jeff came up with that as sort of a a hypothetical like if you were to make a a um a race, a new racing game from Rare, like because people kind of want two different things. It's either like you want a Diddy Kong Racing in all but name, where it's an original cast and a handful of like char- characters of Rares from other games, or you want to spin it into something different, which is like the massive like. Um, multi-title like history parade of rare characters from all over the place, and focus it primarily around that. Like, uh, I've, no, I I've seen a third option being maybe being bandied about too in social media where people want uh, an Xbox Studios racer, uh, like like, and that, that's that's the weird position that rare fandom is in, right? That you have like these three tiers of potential crossover racing games. You have like this, this kind of like follow up to Diddy Kong Racing with the Timbers Island cast, or you could have the whole rare crossover with like things like uh, Killer Instinct and, and Perfect Dark and Battletoads and, you know, Sea of Thieves, or you could just go completely Xbox Studios. And I think it speaks to the depth of Rare's IP stable, right? Like they they have an IP stable that rivals Nintendo. And and they're just this one pillar of Xbox Studios. It's it's a weird place for the fandom to be in. And I know Jeff's argument was, well, uh a Rare Racers game that like only utilized that cast, you know, that they can use wouldn't it be very marketable sans Diddy Kong? I don't know. Um, I, I, you know, I think Milky the Moose would move some units. <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, there's marketability to just doing a Diddy Kong Racing follow-up, but speaking personally, I would be way more interested in the, like, the rare crossover game, or, uh, like, just because that is something I haven't seen before that is still hitting on something that I is adjacent to something I really like. And you can kind of see how rare I feel like rare themselves were looking at Diddy Kong racing through that lens just a few years later, because you saw what they were planning for Diddy Kong pilot and Donkey Kong racing, which were firmly Donkey Kong universe games like centered around Donkey Kong characters with like slight bleed over, yeah, yeah, and and Taj weirdly, enough. like um, <laughs> the hypothetical I brought up when we were kind of talking about this is like they could do something like um, uh, and this is an old one to cite, but it's the only one that came to my mind. What was uh Marvel versus Capcom two, where that's a character roster that for one is humongous, um. And is also the majority of it is 
who you can't who you're coming to who you're coming to see because their name's on the ticket. It's Marvel characters and it's Capcom characters, but they also threw in a handful of original characters who the game story is kind of crafted around a little bit, at least in the case of Ruby Hart. And you could do it yeah, that guess, way, like have your cake and eat it too. I guess I'm greedy, Cameron. I want I want both. I want the the rare racers like Timbers Island cast plus like the the DKU centric uh, cast members from characters games like Banjo Kazooie and Conquer. Like 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 get, let's let's have rare racers with everybody from Timbers Island, but then Banjo with Kazooie and Mumbo and, and Mister Fit. And Canary Mary's there, and then we we might have like Birdie and Rodent, and then Ted the Boat Builder, the Evil Acorn, and Honker. You've got to have Honker, and and then you have Milky the Moose, you know, representing like the next generation. And and but I also want that big rare crossover, you know, where where everything crosses over, like what what we thought Saberman Stampede was going to be in in that period where we didn't know anything about it, where we we envisioned like. Donkey Kong Racing, but switching out the Kongs with, you know, people from the entire Rare stable Honestly, just games. just give me a roster so big that it is all things to all people. That's, that's, really, that's really what I want. I also want Nintendo to do something with the Diddy Kong Racing brand, which, which they... And, and give me a, a, a racing game starring Diddy Kong on the Switch. Uh, just give me everything. I'm not picky. But I'm very picky. I would settle for reliably having Diddy in Mario Kart and not like every other <laughs> game. <laughs> hey, congrats on finally getting Dixie in Mario Kart Tour, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to spend $40 on her. No, That's a I, good thing. I've gotten every character I really wanted in that game and did not have to spend a dime. Well... Look, look at you, the man who saved his money, and me, me over here, penniless, because I bought Dixie Kong, and oh, I bought, I, I spent $40 on the, the DK Maximum, that, that, the, the DK Jumbo that looks varnished with gold plating, I was like, oh, $40, okay, I need it, Cameron, I'm broken, but it's fine. Uh, cause I, I, again, my, my only passions are the DKU and the Beatles. Uh, and it just means I can't buy the new Let It Be box set, uh, and for, for a while because I, I've spent all my money on pins, pins, Cameron. And, you know, we, we could talk about like down the line, like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we had a rare racers game or wouldn't it be fun? We had this big rare crossover racing game, but I am going to be content for a little while in just having this merchandise. Fan Gamer presents Rare Racers. Pins are great. I'm going to buy all the pins, <laughs> but you know, th like I said, this, this could be just the beginning for the merchandising potential. Now, now that these characters are back, um, maybe we could see other stuff. A and so I've got an idea, but I, I, do you have any ideas you would like to see? Um, I'm up for pretty much anything. All right. Well, then you'll love this. All right. You're so, going to make me you know, eat those words. 
you know the conquer plush where you squeeze him and and he, and he says like hey hands off right i can't do a good conquer impression i was never the one to do a conquer impression but you you, you know that yeah it's great right it's great yeah. fun people love it all right well imagine tickle me bumper all right and and he comes you know cuz fan gamer also just released the banjo and kazooie plush in best buy stores in that in that gorgeous uh like three sided box like three colored box uh with spiral mountain on three sides right but yeah also um, art by Nina Matsumoto I believe yeah it it's fantastic so imagine you get tickle me bumper but he comes in a jail cell so <laughs> when when it crosses the line you can safely cage him for another few years that's my idea Tickle me bumper. <laughs> that tickles. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> oh boy, that tickles. This has been a file two production. Qué rico.